Are you annoyed by affirmations? Are you tired of that same old rehashed personal growth advice that all seems to boil down to think positively and all your problems will go away? If affirmations feel like lies and positive thinking feels like denial, then I want you to get ready. The overwhelmed brain is here to help you create the life you want now. This is Paul Coliani, host of The Overwhelmed Brain, the personal growth show for the critical thinker. Every week I discuss practical down-to-earth steps to help you improve your mood, your sanity, your relationships, and almost everything else in your life. We'll talk about why we do the things we do and what we can do to reach higher levels of happiness and lower levels of stress and overwhelm. I want to help you create positive changes in your world. My goal is to help you step into your power with every episode, and I'll do whatever it takes to help you discover the resources you need to create the life you want. Today's episode is all about the power of positive thinking. Okay, wait, I mean repressed emotions that cause harm to the body. I forgot today was going to be about the destructive power of positive thinking, but during my outlining process, which takes about two full days, this particular episode turned into more of what happens to our body when repressed thoughts and emotions are withheld. I'm not against positive thinking at all. In fact, I highly encourage it when it's authentic. What I mean is if you have natural positive thoughts about someone or something where you don't have to force yourself to think positively, then that is the flow of thoughts without resistance. That is when what I like to call your thought stream flows through the channels of your mind easily and effortlessly. That is the natural progression of thought instead of the diversion of your thought stream where you have to force your thoughts to do something they don't want to do. There is the path of thoughts that you allow to flow and the path of thoughts that you try to prevent or redirect. The flowing thoughts are the ones that simply come to mind. For instance, right now I'm thinking of a canoe and now I'm thinking of sex and now I'm trying to come up with new things to think about. <laughs> well, these are the thoughts that I allow to flow. Now, if I had a religious aversion to sex, then I would try to divert my thoughts about it and try to think of other things. This diversion is called resistance. However, since I allow thoughts of sex into my head, whatever they are, it flows in and flows out easily. I could dwell on the thoughts that come into my head, taking me out of the present moment, or I could simply allow them to be and give them no further thought. My point is, when you allow your thoughts to flow, you make life easier. You aren't evaluating. You aren't self-criticizing. You aren't doing anything that prevents the flow and causes resistance. You feel this flow in your body. It's freeing. You can have bad thoughts or good thoughts, but they're just creations of the mind. So really, nothing is really bad or good. They're just concepts or ideas that you can choose to act on or not. On the other hand, you can have thoughts that you try to prevent. You can try to erase them from your mind because you feel guilty or angry 
Or maybe your beliefs don't support the thoughts you're having, like questioning your own spiritual or religious beliefs because of what you've experienced or read or heard. When you attempt to prevent, divert, or simply block unwanted thoughts, you create resistance in your mind and body. When you resist an unwanted thought, this resistance actually amplifies the unwanted thought. Now think about that for a minute. When you try to prevent a thought from coming in and try to replace it with another thought, you stop the flow in your body. I realize that sounds kind of silly, but thoughts do alter the body and how you feel. It's the mind-body connection. When you have a thought that is allowed to enter your mind and exist, the body's systems keep flowing. When you have a thought that you prevent from entering your mind, which doesn't actually make sense, but let's go with it anyway, or you have a thought that you try to push away, the body creates resistance and you feel this resistance in your body. Your thoughts alter your body's internal processes. And I can prove it. Just think of someone you find irresistibly sexy. And while thinking of them, think of what you'd like to do with that person or what you want them to do to you. Do you notice any physical changes in your body? Remember, these are just thoughts. These are all in our mind, right? Thoughts don't affect our physiology or our overall physical health and happiness, right? <laughs> all right, here's another one. Picture yourself in a kitchen and grab a bright yellow lemon. Now, place the lemon on the counter and slice it in half with a knife. Immediately catch the aroma of lemon in your senses. Maybe even notice the juice trickling out of that succulent fruit. Now, take one half of that lemon and take a giant bite so that the juices flow into your mouth. Is your mouth watering? <laughs> I know mine is. This is the thought altering our body, or at least making our body respond to a thought process. This tells us that our thoughts have a direct correlation with our body. If the two examples I used made an impact in your body somehow, then imagine all the other thoughts we have and what they're doing to our body that we can't even measure. So thoughts create changes in the body. I can walk you through hundreds of examples that exemplify this very fact over and over again. The mind is the body and the body is the mind. Your feet don't check in with your brain every time you take a step. The body knows it already. I mean, sure, your brain sends motor neurons down the path to tell your muscles to contract, but your muscles have to know how to contract in order to be told how to contract. Your brain may be the central intelligence, but the body and the brain work together to create one living, breathing, thinking entity. This may not be a popular opinion, but I believe the entire body is intelligent, every part of us. So much so that when the body experiences pain, so does our mind. And when the mind experiences it, so does our body. Yes, it's a holistic perspective of us as whole beings. It's the viewpoint that what affects one system affects all systems. And by the end of today's episode, you'll learn how negative emotions can be destructive to this amazing holistic machine we call our body. And if we're able to free ourselves from repressed negative emotions, 
positive thinking flows through us naturally as a result. So expect me to touch on positive thinking a couple of times throughout. I've led a very square lifestyle for most of my life. I never partied, did drugs, or drank with everyone else, so I was typically the outsider in my peer group. Everything I did, I did from a reserved place. I was conservative. I came out of childhood with insecurities and high standards. I was my own moral compass, and I made decisions not to do many things in life that most people, when they're young, do. So, being a judgmental person most of my life, I would take the high standards I set for myself and place them onto other people. If they drank too much, if they did drugs or just partied too much, I didn't want anything to do with them. In many ways, my healthy choices were very good for me. In other ways, they were not so good in the sense that I used my healthy lifestyle as a weapon against other people. It was easy to look down at others because I was on such a high, self-appointed tower that very few people were able to compete with. So I became a bit arrogant in a way, I guess. I mean, I didn't think I was arrogant at the time, but I certainly admit to a feeling of superiority in cases where others made what I believe to be unhealthy choices for their lives. So when I met my future, well, ex-wife, the choices she made in her youth hit me as unhealthy and wrong. Now, this was long before I learned that who we are now is not who we were. But back then, the choices she made in her youth might as well have been happening at that very moment. If she told me a story where she drank too much at a party, I became judgmental and even angry. And this is a party that happened 20 years before we met. If she smoked when she was a kid, I judged her. If she had more sex when I did when she was younger, I judged her. I was really good at judging, which is really bad if you want to keep a relationship. I was a loving, kind, and respectful person most of the time. But the other times when my judgments came out, when my insecurities revealed themselves, it caused confusion and hurt, putting my partner in a tough position. Should I stay and hope he gets better, or should I go and know that he'll never change? I'm sure you've experienced a similar relationship in your past as well. And if you haven't, well, you're probably one of the few. Anyway, every judgment I had was basically the same as a trigger. I would see or learn about a behavior that didn't fit my standards, which triggered an emotion in me, which then caused a judgment. Usually the emotion was anger or even old abandonment and rejection issues. But almost every trigger affected my stomach. Every time I felt an emotion from a trigger, I would feel a pain in my stomach. Well, it wasn't exactly a pain, but it did sort of feel like a burning sensation. You know what happens when you get angry, right? Sensations fill your body. Usually, though, those sensations will be localized to a particular area of your body. Anger may make your stomach hurt, or sadness may cause your chest to tighten, or the reverse could be true. Either way, the body is reacting to an emotion caused by a thought. For me, my stomach was reacting, and the more I resisted these angry feelings I got from being triggered, the more my stomach hurt. Pretty soon, I was being told that I had bad breath because there was acid in my stomach. 
Sorry for the graphic description, but it's important to realize that thoughts can create a toxic environment inside your body. My thoughts caused me to be angry and sad and probably other emotions as well. The physical responses to those emotions were causing problems. Soon I could no longer eat garlic and pepper or onions because it felt like they were burning a hole in my stomach. At the time, I didn't blame it on my thoughts. I blamed it on my stomach. There must be something wrong with that, of course, because that's where the symptoms are. So I went to a doctor and he prescribed an antacid. And soon the acid was being neutralized and the problem went away. Right, it was all gone. (laughs) Sure it was. I covered the symptom, but the problem still existed. My triggers. My triggers created negative emotions, which caused my body to respond. It's true, the antacids helped, but I didn't want to take antacids all my life, so I started my own self-diagnosis. I started paying attention to what actually caused my stomach to react. I was able to narrow down all the foods that caused it. But there was something I didn't realize that came to light. Not only foods caused this, but emotions did too. I started piecing together that food was never the issue. My triggers were the issue. My thoughts that led to negative emotions, that led to my stomach filling with acid. When all of this came together, I realized that my negative emotions were directly related to both my physical and mental health and well-being. This started my long journey of expressing and releasing all the negative thoughts in my mind. I knew that every negative thought also came with a bad feeling, which brought on physical symptoms of some kind. It was an epiphany, though apparently not very new information, just not very popular because of our beliefs. To me, it didn't make sense that thoughts could manifest physical symptoms, yet it's proven over and over again by the thoughts we have all the time. I've had headaches that went away because of a shift in thought processes. And with acid forming in my stomach, I could actually see the cause and effect. The thought, or trigger, created the emotion that created the physical symptom. This is how the placebo effect works. You're given a sugar pill in place of a real pill. Your beliefs create changes in your body, which allows healing to take place. Why they haven't come up with a drug called placebo is beyond me. But maybe because most of us don't want to change our thoughts. We want to alleviate our symptoms. Even though processing and releasing the stream of negative thoughts would create a lasting effect, the quick fix is simply faster. When I was able to confront my negative thoughts and start expressing what was really on my mind, instead of leaving them in there to be triggered over and over again, I noticed my stomach issues started disappearing on their own. Could it be true? All I have to do is release some of the negative baggage I'm carrying around in order to have a healthier, happier body? Hmm. Does that mean all I have to do is think positively? (laughs) No. So let's talk about it. Todd B. Cashton, professor of psychology at George Mason University and author of The Upside of Your Dark Side, Why Being Your Whole Self, Not Just Your Good Self, Drives Success and Fulfillment, wrote an article in Psychology Today called A Secret Weapon in Preventing Anxiety and Depression. 
Sorry about all the titles there, but in this article, he made a great statement, which I'm going to read to you right now. When we attempt to divorce ourselves from pain, we end up feeling nothing pleasurable or meaningful at all. When we better understand, tolerate, and harness distressing thoughts and feelings, and become aware of the situations when they are helpful, we become empowered. We gain vitality. We become whole. In other words, there is no pleasure without pain. And the more pain you're willing to express, the more pleasure you will feel. At least that's my take on the statement. Now, I mentioned it's the more pain you express, not endure. Expressing repressed pain and upset is truly a path to positive thinking. I emphasize this over and over again on this show. Express your pain. Find someone you can trust and tell them the absolute painful truths buried deep inside of you. Even if you don't believe some of those truths are real, your mind body doesn't care what's real. It cares about eliminating waste. (laughs) Yes, it's a bad analogy, but it's also a fantastic analogy. The body is designed to eliminate waste. We already know the various ways it does this, but negative repressed emotions are waste. They need a release. When you can speak your full expression of your painful history, whether it happened yesterday or when you were a child, you're giving your repressed emotions a voice. Imagine that for a moment. Any residual pain or hurt that you have inside of you is in there because it hasn't been given a voice. When we speak what hurts, the pain or upset gets to be expressed and released from the body. The body gets to eliminate this mental waste. This stuff doesn't have to be childhood trauma either. It can be something that happened to you this morning. Have you ever gotten mad at someone and then expressed how angry you were at that person to someone else? Remember those times where you said, I feel better having talked about it. You've probably had that feeling at least once in your life. Well, that method works. It works over and over again. It's giving the fear, anger, sadness, and other emotional pain a voice with which to express itself. If that sounds silly, I dare you to try it. And I've witnessed some really amazing physical changes with some of the people I've talked to. I'm talking lifelong conditions disappearing all because they gave their deepest negative emotions a voice and expressed them. Those deep emotions could be childhood traumas or, like I said, something that happened to you yesterday. So the quote I mentioned at the beginning of the segment rings very true when we think about how much we typically avoid feeling pain. Some of us avoid the pain by taking drugs. Others drink. Others smoke. Others eat comfort food and Others still have sex addictions or gambling addictions. I mean, you name it. Someone has found a way to deal with their symptoms and not the cause. Of course, they may not know what the cause is, so they keep dealing with their symptoms. This is obviously a destructive path. They cannot possibly ever get ahead. So they're always using that crutch just to get by. You don't want to just get by. You want to live and thrive and be happy. You want to heal and have positive thoughts come into your head without having to force them into your head. Positive thinking cannot exist until you've given 
all of your negative emotions a voice. When those deep-rooted negative emotions are expressed, the pressure is released and you can move into the next layer. There always seems to be another layer, doesn't there? (laughs) Whenever we release one repressed thought or emotion, the next one pops up. But I promise you, the layers get thinner and the tunnel ends. But you do need to go through the process. When we attempt to divorce ourselves from pain, we end up feeling nothing pleasurable or meaningful at all. When we choose not to face the pain we have inside, then all pleasure we experience is lined with a foundation of unhappiness or less meaning. That is simply no fun. And no one will ever convince me that positive thinking can get us out of a funk like that. This episode doesn't have a list of steps to follow or a how-to that you need to write down or anything. I just have stories to share on what happens when you express from the deepest, most vulnerable, most safely guarded place inside of you. So let's talk about a few of the transformations I've witnessed all by simply talking to someone. Now, before I share the first story, I have to say that I have no medical degree and I don't diagnose people. I'm just sharing what I've personally witnessed when people have shared their deepest and most painful and guarded truths with me. My disclaimer is, if you have a medical condition, don't blame me if it heals up after expressing your deepest truths. Oh, and seek a professional. With that said, I once knew a woman who blocked the past. She learned to do it as a small child. She blocked the past so that she didn't have to remember the pain she went through. This can happen with sexual and other types of abuse, typically when the child is really young. I don't know if this is what happened to her, but she knew she had some past pain and fear. She shared with me that fear ran her life, but she didn't know what she feared. So I asked her, what do you fear? She came up with a few answers, but I could tell they were just surface answers. Those are the kind of answers you know you know. They are the thoughts that are immediately available to your conscious mind. Not too deep. Easier to talk about than the deeper truths. The kind of answer I was looking for was one she didn't know she knew. This was the one that was buried under the years of convenient forgetting that she did. Not remembering what happened to her was a defense mechanism that she created in order to live without the pain. After asking her a few probing questions, she was finally able to come up with something that she believed may have been a truth for her. She wasn't sure if it was true, but it felt true. She had trouble coming up with images or sounds, which shows you how well she learned to forget the past, but the feelings were still there, so she shared those with me. The feelings were loneliness and abandonment. I realized that abandonment may not exactly be a feeling, but to her it was, and that was important. Once she was able to connect with this place inside of her and realize that she had been carrying these feelings with her for her entire life, she started to question if they were still valid today. When you connect with that deep place inside of you with those old belief systems and then evaluate those beliefs today, you may find out that they no longer apply. This is what she did. 
she suddenly realized these old feelings were attached to old beliefs that she would be abandoned or rejected as she felt when she was a child. The next day after our talk, she told me that her yeast infection completely disappeared. In fact, weeks later, it never returned. And even years later, she still reported that it had not returned. This was just something she had dealt with for most of her life. And suddenly, after an hour-long conversation, just talking, it was gone. This was the first time I'd seen anything like this, and I thought it was a fluke. But it was uncanny how she felt so much better the next day, and her infection disappeared, never to return. Actually, it may have returned for a different reason many years later, but it went from practically incurable to gone overnight. I was amazed. I didn't even know she had a yeast infection. This next story has to do with a friend of mine. We were on a project together in another state. He got a massive headache during the training class, so during break, I wanted to try something. I learned something called emotional freedom technique, or EFT, and had him tap on different parts of his body while saying specific words. I typically don't use EFT because I usually never need it, but I wanted to try it because I just love to find out what works and what doesn't. So I asked him how bad his headache was between 1 and 10, 10 being the worst pain. He said it was a 9, so I had him tap on different parts of his body and I made him say the words, even though I have this headache and I want to get rid of it, I completely and honestly love myself. Every time he tapped a spot on his body, he repeated those same words. And I made sure to make him say it, even if he didn't believe the words he was speaking. And after a round of tapping, I'd ask about his headache and what the pain level was. At first, he said it went down to a 7. Then after another round of tapping, he said it went down to a 1. At that point, he was so relieved, he actually didn't want to go any further. So we stopped. I was like, hmm... Was it the tapping or something else? This third story involves a friend of mine with asthma. She shared some pretty deep stuff with me, things that she probably hadn't shared with anyone else. It was hard for her, and she was crying most of the time. But she got through it finally and felt a lot better afterwards. A day and a half went by, and she told me that her asthma appeared to be gone. I was actually surprised by this because... I didn't even know she had asthma, but suddenly, after that night, she didn't have the symptoms anymore. I even confirmed with her a few days later, and she hasn't had the symptoms of asthma ever since. Now, she'd been working on her own mental healing and growth for a while, too, so this was just another positive step in the right direction for her. But this step made a huge impact. Asthma is a scary condition, and to suddenly not have it anymore must be an extremely freeing experience. I wanted to share these stories, not because I believe there's a quick cure for what physically ails us, but to raise a question in your mind about anything that may ail you. I mean, what's going on here? I was raised my entire life to believe that the only way to get rid of a headache was to take a pill. I was raised to believe that infections had to be treated, not talked about. I had a million references that told me that symptoms and conditions don't disappear. They have to be attacked or stopped somehow. But talking made these conditions go away? Is this possible? 
let's finish with some final thoughts. Seriously, what is going on? How can we talk about our deepest, darkest secrets and heal? How can we just give our emotions a voice and let them say whatever they need to say and have it affect our body? Does it really matter how? I've seen this over and over again. I've either seen personally or read about people changing their entire lives just because they chose to be vulnerable. They chose to express themselves in a way they've never done so before. I've seen addicts stop being addicted in a day. I've seen people with allergies suddenly have no more allergic reactions. This all sounds totally crazy, even when I say it now, but science confirms this with drug testing. People's symptoms go away with sugar pills, period. This is why almost anything you can think of can work. If you truly believe that energy healing will work, it will. The power of suggestion, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. It's all the stuff we've heard over and over again throughout the years. The mind and body know what to do and will do it when there's a clear path to allow it to happen. But how do you clear the path? You express the deepest and sometimes darkest parts of your life. You give what you are repressing a voice to let it out and be free. Many people don't want to be vulnerable enough to do this, so they hang on to the pain or the secrets. But once they get it out, the pain goes away and maybe some physical condition goes away with it. Of course, I'm not saying to stop whatever you're doing now. If you see a doctor or a therapist or even go to church or whatever, always continue to do what works. And I'll add, do this too. Full expression. Get it all out. Now here's the tricky part for most people. They may not have someone completely safe to express to. They feel embarrassed or ashamed or any of a number of other things. And it's true. Sometimes you won't be able to find someone out there to be completely present with you. Someone who can stay out of their own head and won't judge what you have to say. This is when you take option B. Write it down. Write it as if you're writing to someone. Write your full expression of self, laying out every negative emotion you feel, including all the words you want to say, even if they're immoral or even illegal. Just write it all out. Give your emotions a voice and bring them out of your body. Then after you do that, reread it and check in to see if you feel the same way. I'm pretty sure that after you've written it all down, how you feel, what you want to do, or maybe what you want to do to someone who's wronged you. After you've written all that down, I feel confident that your feelings will have changed at least a little bit. You may even want to rewrite it afterwards because as you release these things, what you once felt is no longer how you feel now. But the first step, full expression, is the most important. You have a freedom inside of you, and it's important to make sure the path to that freedom is clear. Clear it by full expression. I want to make sure that whatever is holding you back from complete freedom and happiness gets out to give you a chance to feel wonderful. There's an end result to everything I'm talking about, too. Positive thinking. (laughs) 
There it is. Positive thinking happens naturally to the person who clears the path and fully expresses. Positive thoughts, happy thoughts, optimistic thoughts all occur naturally in the person who doesn't live in pain, fear, or sadness. Positive thoughts are a way of life when you release the deep stuff. Let's go over what we talked about today. So let's summarize today's episode so that I can really plant a lasting effect in your mind. One, positive thinking isn't something you do. It's something that just happens after all the gunk is emptied from your mind and body. It's the result of expressing negative thinking, the deepest parts of it, so that your negative thoughts get released from your mind and body. When the thought stream flows naturally with no obstacles, Positive thoughts come easily. When the stream gets diverted, resistance arises and you feel it in your body. Number two, allowing all thoughts to come to the surface to be expressed in some way is the fastest way to keep the positive flow moving. Though sometimes you don't feel safe enough to share in the moment. In that case, share later, write them down, find a friend and express them. But don't hold them in for too long or the body starts to feel the effects. The body holds on to negative thoughts. You know this because when you feel bad, there's usually a part of your body that feels bad or tight or sore or something. Anger and fear may end up in your stomach where sadness may end up in your chest. There's no doubt that we usually feel emotions in our major organs as that's where they seem to have the most impact. Though, wouldn't it be an interesting experiment to ask your emotions to end up in a thumb or a toe? <laughs> I've done this and I think you should try it too, just to see what happens. Three, your thoughts create physical reactions in your body. Pretend you bit into the most sour pickle you've ever had and really try not to salivate when you do that. <laughs> I mean, the sour juices are flowing and your mouth is, well, you get the picture. Thoughts are directly related to reactions in the body. The longer you hold on to a thought, the longer that reaction stays. If you are holding on to some painful thoughts, that emotional pain finds a way to manifest itself in your body. And guess what? It works the other way too. When the pain is dealt with and expressed and you start holding on to the good thoughts, that also manifests in the body. What's good and what's bad though? That's easy. If it feels good, it's good. Number four, if all of this sounds crazy, <laughs> especially from a critical thinker like me, just remember science proves everything I'm saying with the placebo effect. There is no proof like that of someone whose condition heals from a sugar pill. It's the snake oil of the ages. Believe enough and you will manifest change in your body. That's why I believe in belief. It's no fun not believing in something because belief actually helps the body to heal and grow. Even if you don't believe in anything, that's a belief. As long as you feel good about that belief, then deep down, 
you are affecting your mind and body in a positive way. Number five, pain is a sign that pleasure is also available to us. Emotional pain has an opposite. And when you express the bad stuff, the good stuff gets a chance to be expressed soon after. And you have a lot of good stuff inside of you. Number six, the body is designed to eliminate waste, physical and mental. It's the way our body works. So by not expressing, it's like not going to the bathroom for days or even years. Yes, this is bad. So eliminate your waste, will you? (laughs) Number seven, give repressed thoughts and emotions a voice to allow full expression. Once you give your pain a voice, let it be heard, whether with a trusted friend, your spouse, a therapist, or even in a letter you send or not. It just has to come out. Number eight, physical conditions can disappear. I've seen it over and over again. But because I'll get in trouble for saying that, my disclaimer to you has to be this. If you have a physical condition, see a doctor and don't follow any of my advice. Everything I say is my own experience and may not be yours. Now with that said, I will say this. Remember that some conditions you may have had for so long that the body developed other problems. So keep that in mind. Also on a personal note, I really thought the sciatic nerve pain I had for 15 years may have been psychological. But nope, the MRI proved me wrong, and I had two back surgeries because of it. So mental pain and anguish, in my opinion, can absolutely lead to physical symptoms. But not all physical symptoms are caused by mental pain and anguish. I just want to make sure that's clear. I don't want any of you foregoing treatment for anything. But there's never anything wrong with full expression whether you're seeing a professional or not. Number nine, freedom is within. Happiness is within. It's all in there. You cannot know pain without pleasure. You cannot know sadness without happiness. Clearing the path of emotional pain is the path to freedom and feeling good. When you express fully, you know, the really hard stuff, the good stuff comes out and you're a completely new person. I know this firsthand. I told you the story about how I cried my eyes out about all the hatred I had built up in me regarding my stepfather. All of this came out one night and it was the start of my journey out of depression. I had a pretty moderate depression and was able to get out of it simply by giving my emotions a voice. And that's what I want for you. Always. When I started expressing some of the most painful stuff from my past and making sure I was sharing with my partner all the stuff I didn't really want to share because I was either too embarrassed or afraid to be vulnerable, my physical symptoms disappeared. My stomach stopped producing so much acid and I could actually start eating onions and peppers and even garlic again, but in very small doses. After years of an acidic environment, my stomach took quite a beating. Ever since then, I've been making sure not to treat it badly, both by eating the right foods and processing and releasing negative thoughts. It's those darn triggers. A trigger is the emotional upset you go through that creates the physical symptom. Once I get rid of the triggers, I get rid of the symptoms. 
Of course, I still have to watch what I eat. The triggers may have all but disappeared, but the symptoms gave me a more sensitive stomach. It's rare that I need them, but I still have the antacids just in case. But processing thoughts has helped me release negative emotions, in turn, creating a healthier environment in my body. Thoughts create emotions. Emotions cause physical changes to occur. We are a fully integrated mind-body, and everything that goes in, all the joys and pains of life, comes out in our behavior and our emotions and our physical health. We're an interconnected system of components that all need positive reinforcement. Does that mean positive thinking? Well, let's put it this way. Positive thinking works when you feel good through and through, not when you're resisting the negative thoughts that want to be expressed. Process and release negative thoughts and positive thinking becomes a resourceful way to stay healthy, both mentally and physically. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I thank Shelly and Rick and Michael and Tim and David and Daniel and Jane and Lori and Amy. And I give a special thanks to Jade for her generous donation to the show. And if I didn't call your name, just know that I appreciate you and thank you for being there for me, listening, learning, and growing. Keep up with the show by heading over to theoverwhelmedbrain.com and sign up for your weekly personal growth message. You can also write to me anytime by sending me an email to paul at theoverwhelmedbrain.com. I also want to thank the many listeners who are using the link theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash Amazon. If you find this show valuable to you, just say thank you by using theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash Amazon before you make your next purchase. You are making a difference, and it's going towards a good cause. You. What if you've tried expressing your emotional pain, and it didn't work? What if you've tried everything you can, but just can't seem to free yourself of those negative thought processes that put you into an emotional prison? Then here's what I want you to do. Take one minute and sit with your eyes closed. Then open your mind to anything, and I mean anything, that bothers you. Let it come to the surface. And when that minute ends, open your eyes and write. And tomorrow, do that again. And if you need more than a minute, then take it. I believe in you. When you give yourself the gift of a minute, an hour, or the rest of your life, you'll feel a little better every day. So let your light shine brightly so that the truth can bubble up to help you clear the path to your happiness and well-being. Then you can really show the world what I already know to be true. That you are amazing. Amazing.